Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Easy Conversations, a podcast about having easy conversations. I'm your host, Furkan Dandia. In this week's episode, I sit down with the fine gentleman from the Man to Man podcast based in the UK. We talk about negative thought patterns and how they impact our lives. Uh, We also get into some tips and tricks on how to navigate through negative thought patterns and how to build behavior that can allow you to not fall into that trap. I also want to make a correction where in the podcast, I use the term muscle memory, which I've recently found out through the Huberman Lab podcast that uh, it's not actual muscle memory, it's neuronal memory that takes place when we change our behavior patterns. I hope you can get a lot of the, out of this episode. And if at the end you could leave a five-star review, I would truly appreciate it. Gentlemen, uh, thanks for joining uh, the podcast today. Uh, super grateful for you guys coming on here, taking the time and sharing the message. And I know we kind of already talked about um, the goal of our podcast and, you know, the message we're trying to share and normalize some of the conversations. So I wanted to give you both an opportunity to introduce yourself and touch a little bit on, you know, your podcast as well. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of similarities in in terms of the work we're doing. So I'll just hand it over to to you guys first, and then we'll get into some of the topics we wanted to touch on today. Yeah, thank you for having us. Um, My name is Tactical and um, I have a man-to-man podcast, which is basically a podcast that discuss a lot of issues you could say it's, you could say it's a, a man-to-man thing but we're here to help everyone and you know we talk about how to uplifting people how to help people through mental health um how to uplift their mind how to uplift their body how to go for their goals how to succeed uh with their goals and you know my history you know i've been i i have a quite a esoteric history um in a sense uh i i've studied many esoteric subjects and stuff like that but now i'm in a path of combining the esoteric, esoteric studies that I have combined with the, 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 the mind and subconscious mind and other things that I've come across to learn. And I'm currently actually writing a book, um, which is uh, to do with relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't finished it, I'm halfway through that. And um, yeah, I'm just happy to be here, happy to be talking on your podcast and um, very grateful for this opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Super excited. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about your book <laughs> at some point as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's called um, The Philosophy of Understanding Relationships, because I believe there is a philosophy um, in everything, and there's also a philosophy with relationships, and I, will, I once it's released, I delve very deep into it, and um, yeah, so hopefully when, it, when, it, when it's ready, I'll, I'll share it with yourself and the rest of the world. For sure, yeah. And Vito, over to you. Over to me. Uh, thank you. My name is um, Vito Perkins. I'm from London. Um glad to be on your show. Um, my story is obviously Tactical started his podcast and he was doing a variety of subjects on it. And then he invited me on to speak about the subject of the mind and subconscious mind. And it was a big hit. We had a lot of um, people saying they want part two. So I came on for part two. And then um, I'm joining Tactical now on another podcast with um, yourself. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Bit of background about me. Um, about three, four years ago, um, I was introduced to a mentor and he took me in and then 
introduced me to a small organization. And in that organization, they taught me lots of books, lots of um, information, lots of material to study. And then from there, I, I've, I've, it just literally changed my life. I've, I've literally just, the, I literally committed a lot of my time studying the mind, subconscious mind, and why people do things that they don't want to do and they're not doing things that they want to do because that was the question that I had so I went searching for the answer why am I not doing what I want to do and why do I continue doing what I, what I don't want to do so then um, that journey led me here and it led me through a lot of books and I can't wait to start talking about it my goal now because I've got I've um, reached the level of connecting with people and I can literally teach people how to change so my goal now is to promote change in people from all around the world anyone I speak to I want to promote positive change in them so I hope I can do that here yeah no that's amazing and I'm super excited as I mentioned to you guys I yeah. love talking about this kind of stuff I've been nerding out for a couple of years now and uh, studying psychology uh, I yeah like I think there's a lot of stuff we can touch on today I don't even know if we'll have enough time when you start talking about the subconscious mind and, you know, neuro neuroplasticity and some childhood trauma, like it's all interconnected. So, um, yeah, if you guys are ready, let's just dive into it. And, and yeah, sure. Um, I guess starting right off the bat, I mean, you know, you, uh, Vito, you touched on one thing about why people do certain things and, and why they don't do certain things and, and, often not having that level of control or awareness. Um, it, I mean, I kind of have my own perspective on it, but I want to hear your thoughts first about why is it such a blocker for people when they know they're doing, whether it's maladaptive coping mechanisms or certain behaviors, um, what is limiting them from making that change or, or taking action? Yeah, that's a that's that's a great question, and that's what that's the question that led me on my path to helping people. Mm -hmm. So I've had the same thinking habits that um, I feel a lot of people are stuck with, and they don't know how to get out of, like you know, anxiety, stress, you know, um, pessimistic predictions about the future. You know, something's happened; they've got evidence in their life that suggests you know something negative is going to happen you mm -hmm. know let's say you know they got an unexpected bill they can't pay it it's the end of the month is coming they, they're going to get kicked out of their house if they don't it's going to be a big ripple effect if they do not um find the answers to their questions and they don't have the answers so they start worrying they start panicking so my study is okay where does this worry and panic and with worry and doubt, where does it stem from, you know, mm -hmm. and where does it lead to? So I'll give you a little model that what I have, what we teach in our organization, you know, and it starts with a conscious mind. So that person has a conscious decision to think positive for or think a negative for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then let's say, for example, they choose to think a negative for, which is, you know, worry and doubt. The bills come in, uh, unexpected bill. They don't know how they're going to pay it. They're worrying about it. They're doubting about it. And that's at a conscious level. Well, what some people don't know from a, you know, from a biological standpoint, what happens when they do that worry and doubt? 
from the conscious level, it leads that that conscious um, idea of worry and doubting gets impressed into their subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So now it's a uh, it's impressed in their subconscious. So you're, first you're just worrying doubting about a situation, and it's got to a point you've got so emotionally on board with that worrying doubt that you've impressed that idea into your subconscious. Now worry and doubt when it's impressed into the subconscious, it manifests into fear. So they had worry and doubt now without them realizing, because this is happening like at subconscious level. So they're worrying about, they're worrying about a situation and all of a sudden it's manifested into the subconscious as fear. Mm-hmm. Now, any idea that people have, whether it's like negative or positive in their conscious mind gets pushed into their subconscious mind. Then any idea in your subconscious mind, the only way out it gets expressed is through the body. That's the only instrument that expresses your idea. So that worry and doubt manifests into fear in the subconscious. And then that fear gets manif- gets um, expressed through the body. So how does the body express fear? Well, it's anxiety. It, mm-hmm. it, the body the body's causing anxiety. And the problem with anxiety is it's not expressed in the body. It's suppressed. Mm-hmm. So they're suppressing all that negative energy, you know, all the worry, that I don't know what I'm going to do this you know, I don't know what I'm going to do for um, this to do I've got to go here I've got work my manager's upset with me I'm arguing my boyfriend girlfriend I've got family issues I've got all of this and what they're not knowing they're doing they're activating what is called I think people know the, the stress response you know the fight or flight mm-hmm. um, mechanism sympathetic uh, sympathetic nervous system so people know what that is you know you know it, when you're about to fight or if you get a quick shock imagine you see like a lion in front of you your body's going to jump if someone shouts at you you suddenly jump and that's the fight or flight response so what they don't understand when they're worrying and doubting about the situation whatever it is they're causing that response to happen within their body and and when that response happens um, what's happening with the body is it's, it's knocked out of chemical balance and that causes what happens at that point then well your body was normal the chemicals in your body were normal and then you're all of a sudden you're panicking you're worrying about something and then automatically you're having the stress response you're having the fight or flight response and then what happens they get so addicted to that feeling that rush of chemicals because they think it's normal you know oh I, I should worry about this I think I should worry about this and they do it for so long you do that for 30 years you know just thinking about your worries thinking about it and then not thinking about it, thinking about it worrying and then the body recognizes that response and it becomes a habit it mm-hmm. becomes a habitual thought pattern so then what happens your body just turns out has a panic attack without you without you even knowing you can't even control it because you've been programming your body to them chemical reactions so much that the body recognized it so consistently over 10 years, five years, three years. And then it just bang, body just shuts down. And they're like, what happened? You know, they don't know what happens. The heart's racing. And um, yeah, that's, that's, that's um, just a small, a small way of looking at it that we do. So yeah. And I, I think, uh, you know, you touched on a few things there and I guess the mm. chemical imbalance for people that aren't aware, uh, you know, I'm sure people have heard parts of it, but it's really your body's just pumping out cortisol, right? 
and it's pumped up cortisol. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of doctors or experts have re- kind of related it to almost like cocaine. It's like taking a hit mm-hmm. of cocaine and your body Absolutely. just, then that's where the addictive nature comes from because you're just getting this high every time your body's pumping cortisol and yep. you almost crave it subconsciously. Yep. Yeah, no, they, they do, but what they don't understand at, uh, from a, like a biological standpoint, when they're doing that, they think it's fine. They're craving this chemical because it's making them feel, it's just making them feel better than what they were feeling before, you know? It, so they think it's fine to have this cortisol run through your body, but it's actually causing long-term damage internally because that energy, you know, that's the fight or flight response. That's an emergency response that you're supposed to use only if you're in danger. Mm-hmm. But because of our frontal lobe, could the human beings got um, such an advanced frontal lobe, we can make imagination more real than actually reality. So the body thinks it's under attack, but really it's not under attack. You know, the guy's just panicking because, you know, he's going to his in-laws house and he hates his in-laws and he's got to sit there for four hours. So he's just <laughs> panicking. The body's thinking, wait, there's, a, out, there's an external threat. You know, so it's panicking, but he thinks, but it's not, there's no, there's, there's no threat. It's just him about sitting at dinner for four hours with his in-laws that he don't like and um, probably going to start an argument with. So yeah. he's preparing the body. So that, when they're having that cortisol run through their body, you know, that energy is getting sucked from somewhere, you know, they're creating energy from doing it and it's getting sucked from their immune system. It's getting sucked from their respirational system, their digestive system all that energy is moving from your immune system and heading to your extremities because it's saying there's an external threat you need to defend yourself right so it's, right. it's taxing parts of the body without them knowing this is at a subconscious at a biological metal um level it's like the chemical changes and if they do that enough times it causes disease it causes yeah. um stress it causes um panic attacks it causes um, some of them relate some scientific studies relate it to causes cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, it causes them to get ill because their immune system can't function because its, it's energy is getting sucked away to their extremities because it thinks it's under uh, an emergency mode when really nothing's happening. But the guy's just worrying about, you know, an external um, a situation that's not yet happened. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's very fascinating. Yeah. And I've talked about that a little bit. Um, I think, you know, the flight and flight response is something from an evolutionary standpoint, you know, you look at uh, our ancestors, they needed that because they were there, they were in real danger, right? <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, from an they, evolutionary standpoint, that's been passed on to us. And, and I think w- when you talked about the frontal lobes, um, and, you know, I'm not an expert in this field, but Based yeah, of on, course. Yeah. Based on what I've understood is your amygdala yeah. is basically now activated anytime you perceive a, a dangerous situation and it automatically kicks in because it recognizes similar patterns to threat and yeah. and your frontal lobes don't get activated and actually process the situation. And I think uh, where I'm trying to go with this is you can mm-hmm. actually, if you actively work through it you can reprogram your brain to have that pausing effect and rec uh, and pers- uh, review every threat almost 
and yeah. try to understand, yeah. okay, well, this is not a real threat. You know, in the example you used, me going to my in-laws, yes, it is an uncomfortable situation, but it is not a real threat where it's I not a real threat. activate yeah. my flight, fight or flight um, response. Exactly. Um, I would like to say also with, with, with that fight and flight response, you know, the key to, for me, for overcoming, you know, any, anything on that level, you know, when, when, you, when your body goes into stress mode, when the mm -hmm. cortisol start kicking in, you have, you know, there's a thing, it's tension. Your body is, is, is coming under tension, you know, and that then affects the mind. And you have to actually find ways to relax in the tension. Now, what I've come across techniques in, in relaxing in the tension, in relaxing in stressful moments that feel uncomfortable, awkward, or even, even when you are preempting it, as you said, with the in-laws and everything, uh, is, is through, uh, first, firstly, is you have, to, you have to reconnect with your body mm -hmm. and ways to, do, to, to reconnect with your body, to feel your body, like it's, it's, it's small, subtle techniques to feel your body so let's say, for example, you're, you're, you're feeling under stress. And sometimes, obviously, it's not conscious. Sometimes it's unconscious, subconscious, where we can't, we actually don't know it's happening. So, you know, some people experience it in a sense where they're not even aware of it or they don't have any control of it. But that, that, that's, that's one, pro, that's, that's a, a certain different type of stress. But when, when you're aware that you're feeling this uncomfort, uncomfort you have to actually feel your, your your legs you have to feel your legs on your ground on the ground it's i know it sounds very like you know what do you mean feel your legs but you're actually because you know when, when people have this tension you can see it in their body their body starts moving in a different type of way they, they they move light they don't feel solid they don't feel grounded and you have to feel more grounded in your body to, to be able to handle these these tense moments and, and and these moments of tension even even to the fight and flight mode you know because if like you know for example something's happening to you when you relax in the tension, you're, you're able to think clearly and you're able to, to operate and, and, and make a, a, conscious decision, a conscious decision. But sometimes, you know, our instincts can take over, but the conscious decision still has to be, be there and you, 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 you're able to think clearly and you're able to respond in a better manner than you would if you wasn't able to relax in the tension. And, you know, ten, with, with, you know everything grows with tension you know there's, there's nothing in this world that doesn't grow with tension trees grow with tension people grow with tension you know tension exists all around us we have to deal with it constantly the world is is tension in, mm -hmm. in itself the fact that the earth's been is tension and dealing with the tension is you know you see these people sometimes you know go into a, a, board, a board meeting for example a high level board meeting and they walk through and you know they seem like the calmest person in the room you know all the other, everyone else is stressing and worrying and, uh, you know, trying to, trying to resolve uh, a, a, an issue. And the one who can deal with the tension the best is the one who people normally gravitate to and people normally seek advice from because they, they, they feel grounded. Th their energy is, um, is, is, is solid. They, 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 can, they can feel their own power, so to speak. So it's, it's, it's the relaxation in the tension that is, I believe, is one of the keys to overcoming what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, and, and I appreciate you sharing that because I think it's important to remind people that, uh, you know, it's okay to feel stress or tension. You can't avoid that. It's how you respond yeah. to it and finding healthy ways and uh, grounding is, you know, very important, whether it's through 
breathing exercises, meditating, yep. or, or just yep. any form of grounding technique can allow yep. you to just calm things down. And, and that's where yep. I think, uh, you know, I was trying to touch on finding the, those grounding moments for yourself where your amygdala is not being activated and you're able to process things and threats in a healthy way. Mm. Yeah. Out. Out. No, no, absolutely. And the key thing, some people, I think some people are not aware of when people say stress, oh, I'm stressed, you know, um, there's different levels of stress, you know, there's different forms of stress. So, you know, there's physical stress is that if you get a knock, an injury, a physical injury, that's a form of stress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's another form of stress called chemical stress. So your body could be under chemical stress. So you've got a flu, a bacteria, a virus, that's chemical stress. And then you've got emotional stress. And emotional stress is traffic jams, mortgages, you know, single parent in, can I pay this bill? Am I good enough? Promotion mm -hmm. at work. And all of them, no matter what category, whether it's physical, chemical, emotional, they all trigger the um, fight or flight response. And what the key is, you know, some people are not aware of them free concepts. They just think stress is stress and that's all it is. There's, no, there's there's different levels of stress. You know, if I go to one of my friends, my organization, I said, I'm stressed out. Automatically he goes, what's wrong? Are you got a cold or flu? Is it chemical? Is it emotional or is it physical? I'm like, okay, it's emotional. Well, what is it? Is it a pessimistic? But, but, don't, but, but sorry to interrupt, but just to ask you, yeah. Vito, isn't all those stresses, don't they correlate with each other? Regardless, mm -hmm. if, if it's one that triggers it, does, doesn't it no, trigger negative. them more? No, no, no. You, got, you definitely, no, no, definitely, that's negative. Completely, no, no. Um, maybe I wasn't clear in the way I explained it, sorry. So imagine um, you actually get hit, yeah? You activate the fight or flight response. So if you get physically hit, that's called physical stress. Your body's under physical stress because you've been injured, you've been hit. You need to react, you need to... Um, um, be aware of your surroundings or react. So if someone punches you, that's physical stress. Your body's under physical stress. It knocks your body out of balance chemically. So the shock is called shock, right? So mm. then that's physical stress. Now, emotional, uh, uh, chemical stress is you're laying in bed, yeah, and then you get a cold. Your chemicals imbalance in your body. So you're stressing out on your heart. It's, you're activating the, the fight or flight response because you're trying to get better. You're sick. You're like, oh, I'm so sick. Blowing your nose. You're laying in bed. I'm so sick. I need to get better. I feel like I'm going to die. Oh, my goodness. Because it's a chemical stress. Mm -hmm. do, do, does that make sense? So activate the fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. Now, you're talking about emotional stress now. that's So emotional stress is, you know, um, someone said they're going to beat you up and they, they'll see you after school. You're, you're worried about it. You're worried about a future, a future event that's not yet happened. You know, you've got a second mortgage and you just lost your job. Yeah, you just lost your job. That's emotional stress. Now you don't know where the next paycheck is coming in. So physical stress, chemical stress and emotional stress, each three of them activate the stress response. So people, yeah, so people are not aware of that. And it's a very important key. To um, overcoming it, to be aware of it. If that I makes guess, sense. Yeah, and I think what tactical maybe uh, I think what was uh, the question maybe uh, was there around emotional stress can also lead to like physical pain. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And yeah. and uh, and sickness, right? And we don't. Uh, yep. Yeah. You know, if if you're not, and I think for for most people, myself included, when I'm emotionally stressed, I'm not sleeping well. I'm not eating well. I'm not 
being physically active and all of that can kind of end up leading to me getting sick, um, me just feeling physical pain. And I think that's yeah. where you had touched on was having the consistent stress, um, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, it can yeah. lead to like, even like uh, serious sickness, like cancer or Absolutely. other forms Absolutely. Yeah, or diseases. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah. And emotional stress. I mean, a lot of times, if you look at it, let's break it down. Okay. Why is that person stressed? Now there's um, certain categories in the emotional stress centers, sensors that are triggered, you know, either they're having um, regretful reminiscence of the past, something's mm -hmm. happened to them in the past and they're reliving it. That's okay. So that's one way of they can be activating their stress response, you know, all these negative things happen to them in their life. And they think, Oh, that branded me. My girlfriend cheated on me 20 years ago. You know, I've got my new girlfriend and I don't trust her because I think, you know, she's going to be like the other one. She can mm -hmm. do the same thing as the other one, you know, or they have a pessimistic um, prediction about the future. I've got a job interview. I need to get it. I need to get it. Oh, my goodness. I need to get it. I'm getting nervous. I'm getting nervous. I need to get it. Or they've done the interview and they're like, oh, my goodness, I don't think I did well. Oh, my goodness. Am I going to do it? You know, they have. Does it make sense? You have a pessimistic prediction about the future. Or they're just as expecting a worst case scenario. Yeah. You know, something's happened that's out of their control. One of their loved ones have gone sick. That activates a stress response. You're worried. You're worried. You're worried. You're worried. So we can deconstruct what is actually causing the stress response. If we, you know, work our way um, down the chain, we could demystify it. And then from there, we can actually find remedies to help them. Depending on what they're thinking, we can help them, you know. It, yeah. it can really simplify these things and then help them. Okay, you've got, um, you, you know, the the landlord send you a message saying you've got to leave and then this month or you're calling the bailiff to kick you out. That's a worrying um, a situation. Mm -hmm. They're going to be stressed. They, they, I'm going to get kicked out. I'm going to get kicked out. Oh, my goodness. They're calling around. No one's going to help me. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? You know? And um, so, uh, sorry, gone. yeah. No, no. And I think that's very important that you've highlighted that. And, and uh, I think for people listening, you know, there, it's not doom and gloom. <laughs> yeah, um, it's definitely there, not. <laughs> you can mitigate that. And I guess what I wanted to touch on from, you know, mm -hmm. kind of understand from both of you. Um, yeah. And there's an aspect of neuroplasticity that comes in here and wanted to understand what are some things people can do. And I, I've read of, of around changing your behavior patterns or the way you respond to stressful um situations like you know for most people uh i mean this is just one way of numbing the stress is alcohol right and that doesn't help because yeah. you're only adding uh, that chemical imbalance but what are some healthy ways of dealing with stressors that you may be encountering on a daily basis because realistically you know bills are a stressful situation for many people absolutely yeah. yeah yeah so you know obviously any type of stress or you know when you when you're feeling these types of ways you're out of sync with your yourself you're out of sync you're not you're not you're not in, in you're not in full connection with who you really are so when you're not in full connection with who you really are stress is going to occur because you're not you're not you're not prepared and you're not doing things that feel natural to you so I would say like one of the things that you can do is um, first of all, what, what, what needs to be done is um, self-awareness and uh, self-assessment. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And this is the first thing that needs to be done before you can do anything because until you understand yourself, you're not going to understand what you really want and what you really don't want in your life. And the fact that, you know, because I, I, there, there is no short-term solution in, in anything really. You know, there's no like quick fix. That, that's, what, that's what people think alcohol and drugs are. You know, this isn't a quick fix. This is a, a thing where like, you know, if you want to be your best self, if you want to not, you know, because stress is always going to be there. You know, there's, there's, it doesn't it doesn't just disappear. There's always going to be stress. Ask, you know, any any person who's successful, billionaire, entrepreneur, you know, any type of any anyone who, who's successful in their life. There's always going to be stress, you know. But it's it's how you deal with it. It's how you, it's how you handle it. And I think the the first thing you have to do is understand yourself, because when you understand yourself, you understand what you want to do, what you like, what you don't like, and you're going to go into things that will, you know. You'll do things with your life that won't that that you'll feel happy and you uh, make you feel, you know, a, a bit of you know calm tranquility, so to speak. Uh, you know, or you or you'll do something that will make maybe you feel proud of and whatever. And then the stressful scenarios that you do 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 come across won't seem as stressful as they would if you wasn't doing what you should be doing. You know, so the first thing I would say to anyone is like, you know, have you really assessed yourself? Have you really tried, you know, have you really looked into yourself? Do you really know yourself? And that, that, that's for, that for me is the key mm-hmm. for dealing yeah. with stress. That, that is the, the key without any shadow of a doubt. Knowing yourself, assessing yourself, being honest with yourself, you know, whatever help that, whatever help you need, you know, you could have a therapist, you could, you could join, you know, a um, organization or, you know, you could you could be listening to us, and you could take something from us, and you could you could take it from there. You know, whatever it is, you you need to you need to actually be active in into doing something that helps you understand yourself. And then when you do that, excuse me, slowly you can move forward, and and these these stressful scenarios situations won't feel like they normally do. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. No. 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 You're spot on. You know. That is definitely. Um a way of um um obviously helping people you know i have um, different techniques because i'm part of an organization so straight off if someone's got um stress how can they relieve it okay well we use technique you know called you know metacognition you know so metacognition is a scientific word all it means is you think about what you're thinking about and you change it so let's say for example because a lot of people get activate the stress response because they're worrying about something. So either that it's a insecurity, you know, they're worried that maybe their girlfriend, boyfriend might be cheating on them, mm-hmm. you know. So they're trying to search for proof or or this, and they're just thinking, you know, I don't trust him. I'm going for his phone. I don't trust her. I'm going for her phone and stuff like that. You know, my ex boyfriend, my ex um, girlfriend, my wife left me before. You know, so this girlfriend here, she's going to do the same. So it's insecurity okay how can we help them with that well it, the metacognition teaches you you know let's say i'm having a they're having a p- pessimistic prediction about the future so let's say they're thinking the moment they i i say that why am i thinking that mm, these thoughts it separates me from the first thought mm-hmm. because i'm now the consciousness observing the thought so then i dismiss it so i think oh silly it's just a silly thought in my head i don't pay any attention 
But if I get emotionally on board with that first thought, like, why am I going to cheat on me? Yeah, why? Why is she? Yeah, why? Oh, let me check. Let me do this. Let me, um, I think she is. I'm going to check her phone when she goes to sleep. I'm going to try to grab her uh, thumb when she's asleep and press it on her phone to unlock it. She's always hiding her phone. You, you see, the thought, because I don't, the people, there's a process, like in, um, I'll give you a small model to help people deconstruct why they do things mm -hmm. because of the process. First, you have a thought. First, let's say the thoughts, I think my girlfriend's cheating me. Then it leads to a choice. Okay, she's sleeping, her phone's there, is this my chance? And that choice leads to a decision. And I, if that person says, yes, yeah, my chance, then at least they take the decision, so they had a choice. Um, do I uh, check her phone or not? If they say, yeah, then that choice leads to a behavior. So they physically go and pick her phone up. Mm -hmm. And then when they look, look through her phone, as they're looking through the phone, they're having an experience. So the choice led to a decision, led to a behavior, and then they had the experience. They're finding uh, some random guy there. Oh, look, let me search something to see something incriminating. So when she wakes up, I can have a go at her. You know? And that experience produces the emotion. So you have a thought leads to a choice, leads to a behavior, and then leads to a experience, creates an experience. And that experience produces the emotion. And the thing with the emotion is the motion drives the same thought. Mm -hmm. So when they put it down, they think, I didn't find anything this time. Damn it. Next time I'm going to do the same thing because the same thought leads to the same decision, leads to the same behavior, create the same experience and then produce the same emotion. And that emotion drives the same thought. So they think next time, when she stays at my house next time, I'm going to do the same thing again. Yeah. Does that make sense? So that's yeah. how it, the circle works when you make choices. Yeah. And I can relate that. Like I read a book recently, it's called the mind and the brain. Um, and it's primarily focused on neuroplasticity. Uh, it's by Jeffrey Schultz for people that are interested, but he talks about dealing with, uh, um, and I think the behaviors you've described, like, but he worked primarily with people suffering uh, from OCD. And oh. they had these compulsive behaviors. They didn't know why, mm -hmm. um, but it was just like, you know, people with like this, uh, uh, just kind of wanting to OCD behavior of washing their hands all the time, just washing their hands, not knowing why, but they just had this uh, compulsion to do it. And mm -hmm. he worked with them by helping them uh, kind of shift the, the behavior pattern yeah, or deconstruct where yeah. he told them anytime the thought of washing your hand comes to mind, uh, go garden. So, you know, yeah, try to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so through, you know, and again, like, I mean, they weren't able to just stop doing that overnight, but mm. through behavior patterning and practice over time, they were able to uh, deconstruct their, their, um, unhealthy behaviors into healthy forms where, you know, the, the brain was able to form new neural pathways. And yeah. anytime they got that compulsive, um, or obsessive kind of, uh, thought, uh, they went and did something healthy, like whether it's going for a walk or gardening or something like that. So I, I can totally understand how by deconstructing your, your, thoughts thought process can, yeah yeah you yeah. can you can change your your behaviors and you can I, change I feel, your outlooks yeah mm -hmm. yeah exactly i mean you know uh, you know from you know i don't know if you guys know about subconscious programming 
but you know, ninety five percent of our our programming has you know happened from an age of zero to seven, and you know the other five percent we learn through repetition, mm-hmm. and you know that's basically what you're, you're you're touching on there with the fact that you know if you if you want to learn anything new or, or deconstruct a bad habit, you have to um, do do something over and over and over and over and over again until that thing becomes you know natural and i think with even like you know me and vito discussed this on one of our podcasts you have to actually do the let's say you're doing something that you you really dislike about yourself you have to actually go to the polar opposite of of that of what you're doing and do and do that constantly so like you said regarding you know let's say you're i don't know you're you're eating you know crisps every day you have to do the polar opposite and instead of every time you want to do the crisps you want to eat the crisps you do 20 press-ups mm-hmm. you know you do the polar opposite and you consist- consistently keep doing that and doing that until it becomes a habit and then and then you know it, it becomes natural and you and you do it without you, you hardly ever go for the crisps you know it may it may still be in your mind but you know that you have control over it you know yeah, yeah. no absolutely and i think you know it's similar to you know, sports where, you know, people talk about building muscle memory. So, you know, if you're first uh, beginning to play golf, you need to have a certain swing and by practice and repetition, you're able to have that muscle memory that anytime you swing, you're twisting your wrist, uh, your hip in a certain way, um, but you don't just pick it up right away. It takes practice and it's the same with your brain. It's through repetition where you can have uh that habit forming yeah no no absolutely and obviously learning is everything i would advise people if they are struggling with whatever it is they're struggling whether it's um they're they're um they have lack of confidence they're jealous they've got insecurity whether it's about the way they look physically whether it's about it's a personality trait they got they just get angry straight away or you know they're insecure about you know how good they are they don't feel they're good enough to offer the skills in society to get where they want to get whatever it is that's um, um bothering people that's causing them to feel um negatively one of these negative altered states i would advise actually you know studying because studying i studied and it show it, it there's answers out there you type in youtube whatever it is you're dealing with and there's people out there, the information, and if you apply it, if you apply it, it can be life-changing. Now, mm-hmm. learning information sounds good, right? It sounds easy, learning. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about learning, I think there's two definitions that need to be created and a mm-hmm. distinction as a result of that. Because if I told you, oh, I'm going to teach you how to drive a car, yeah? You never know how to drive a car, I'm going to teach you how. That's um, learning. That's great because it don't require you to disconnect any of your previous beliefs. You just yes. learn a new skill. Now, the 100%. problem lies, the other learning, which mm. if I tell you, when you have a negative thought, you need to dismiss it and replace it with a, not a positive thought, don't lie to yourself, but just a better thought. If I tell you yeah. to do something like that, that requires you to unlearn something, to relearn it, if that makes sense. You need to unlearn and that's where people suffer from because they've been a certain way they have um they have these perceptions these attitudes the, these hardwired belief systems their personality they think this is me this is my personality 
So when they get a new information, let's say a guru says, you know, oh, you know, you really need, when you feel angry, even though that person shouting at you, you, you really should stay calm, even though they're in the wrong. And they're like, no, 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 I need to react. So the, that information, that, that theoretical concept that the guru is telling them, to apply it, they need to unlearn something. They can't just apply it, new information, like driving a car. No, no, no. This skill requires you to unlearn. So you need to unlearn your habit. You need to rewire your connected, your um, synaptic connections in your neural pathways. Because mm-hmm. you've got a neural network that teaches you, you know, oh, someone shouts at me, I've got automatic habitual attitude and belief system you know so if someone says something like what's up what what or you know someone's being rude to me i'm rude back and i don't want to be i want to react differently well then you need to rewire your you just like you said about um the neural pathways yeah they 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 form when we want to learn something new but when the new maybe we read something like a theosophical um idea and we want to apply it and to apply that idea we need to unlearn something you know i i can't if i if i'm really angry and always get angry and the guru says you you got to remain still when your girlfriend you know when she snores and you keep pushing her hey stop her snoring stop snoring i can't sleep stop snoring you know you're blaming her yeah so you're you, instead of going within and saying do you know what i love her i know it annoys me she's snoring but I love her. She's not going to stop. She's not consciously aware of it. She's not, you know, she's not doing it on purpose to wind me up. So maybe I need to just chill out and then let my, my girlfriend sleep and let me get used to this. You see that? He's applying yeah. new thinking habits. You know, he's deconstructing his old habits of pushing her. Oh, you're snoring too loud. I can't sleep. Yeah. Well, you just wake her up. She's got a big day. She's got to be up early in the morning, six o'clock. She's got work to do. You're so inconsiderate, you know, and you just pushed her, you know, instead of applying what the guru said when she snores, you cuddle her, mm-hmm. get closer to her. Let that noise get inside you mm-hmm. until it doesn't bother you anymore. Why don't you do a change inside you instead of changing someone outside? That's the problem relationships. When I give relationship advice, the people, they want to change the other person because they dislike what they, they dislike their habits. So they, that really annoys me. Yeah. That really yeah. annoys me. Well, why don't you do a work inside you to make it not annoy you? So when she does it or he does it, then it won't annoy you. So mm. you see, you're unlearning. And I think that's a key for some people to understand. When you're learning new information, whether it's philosophical ideas or intellectual data or fierce, um theoretical concepts that you want to physically apply and it's all mental remember these are mental tools that people can use straight away you know you can think about your thoughts this is not you don't need to go out physically do something no no whatever habit you're trying to get rid of what you're trying to unlearn you know this is all mental rehearsal it's cognitive abilities you know so they can apply it straight away just next time when your girlfriend snores or whatever the bad habit is just try and say you know what why am i trying to change her when i should be changing myself you know, I mm. love her. I'm with her. Why does the, these little things she do wind me up? Maybe mm. she's not winding me up. Maybe I'm winding myself up. Mm-hmm. You see? And it's, they think about it. And that's what we teach. We teach people, no, you can't rely on something outside of you to change something inside of you. If something winds me up, that's outside of me. If my brother does something to wind me up outside, really, I'm allowing him to wind me up. Because the problem is internal with me. 
So if I, when he does whatever he does to wind me up, and I'm like, do you know what? I think I'm being a bit judgmental here. I think I'm being a bit of a perfectionist, a bit of a critic. You know, I'm not perfect. I do stuff to wind people up and I'm not aware of it. He might not be aware of it. I think I need to like chill out. And then all of a sudden they start relaxing and they start, you know, the things that used to bother them don't bother them anymore. They try it a couple of times and they're like, wow, this works. Wow, if it works here, I'm going to try it in other areas of my life. And they will find it works. And that's something for people to think about. For sure. And I think the common misconception is that, you know, people feel that they've been a certain way their whole lives and and they can't change their habits. But uh, you can reprogram your your brain or your neural pathways at any point if you put in the time and effort um, and deconstruct those behaviors. Um, So, you know, often people talk about, oh, be careful of development around children because then they can't unlearn some behaviors. But at the end of the day, if you put your mind to it um, and you and you really work hard, you can uh, reprogram and, and change those uh, behavior patterns. Absolutely. I mean, sorry to jump in, but you touched on it earlier when you said neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a scientific new research has showed that our brain cannot just change from last week or last month or mm-hmm from last year imagine i've been in a certain way for 30 years i think this is me research scientific research has showed like you said neuroplasticity your brain is 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 changeable it's not as hardwired as before it's new research that's why they call it neuroplasticity you can change it you know so the study the information is out there that supports exactly what you said you know exactly exactly. yeah so i think you know one of the keys is changing your environment. Um, you know, you change who you talk you. to. You change what you do. You change your, 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 your people. You know, who you who you spend most of your time with. You know, you change what you watch. You change what you potentially eat. You know, the the change in the environment is, for me, the easiest way. The easiest because you know, yeah, you can think about you know, you know, like you said, you know, you can think about. Oh, I don't. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be nudging my girlfriend when she's snoring. I should think about me. You know, these are these are small increments that you're you're talking about, which which obviously needs to be worked on. But the most naturalist, easiest way to do it is changing your environment because you naturally start to you know just follow what you see. You 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 know if you're around if you're around like you know ten millionaires for thirty days, and you know or you're or you're around you know. 10 people who, you know, are on, you know, in the UK, we call it benefits or welfare. Um, you're going to, you're going to, you're, 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 you're going to change naturally without even noticing because you're going to listen to conversations. You're going to hear how they operate. You're going to see what they do. You, you may experience what they do too, you know, experience in a sense of how, how they operate and, you know, their day-to-day um, dealings with people and, you know, money and business, you know, you're going to see all of this stuff and it's going to have an imprint on your mind. And I think it's, it's the most easiest way to, to cultivate change. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's where the concept of group think bias comes in, right? Where you surround yourself with a certain type of people, um, you're ultimately, you're not only taking on their energy, negative or positive, you're also forming your thoughts and behaviors based on uh, what they're doing. Right. Um, so that's, uh, that's great advice. I think, um, 
and I think we've touched on a lot today in terms of the subconscious mind and, and yeah. Some, uh, <laughs> I mean, we could like, like I said at the beginning, we could talk uh, on this subject for hours. Yeah, um, we can. Yeah, but definitely, I was getting concerned about that as well. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I again, I wanted to thank you both for coming on here. I know we had a couple of hiccups along the way, but thanks for your patience. Super grateful for coming on here, sharing your. Uh, you know, very insightful information and your own uh, perspective on things. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I guess for for people that want to get a hold of you guys or find you, uh, whether it's through social media or other forms, what is the best way um, to to find you both? Yeah, well, for for myself, uh, on Instagram and on Spotify, um, man to man podcast uh, underscore after the podcast on Instagram. And just man-to-man podcasts on Spotify where, you know, we create quality, quality content with no filters and, you know, we just say how it, how it is and how, how we feel and how I, I like open and honest opinions. And that's what you're going to get with man-to-man podcasts. So, yeah, Spotify, Instagram, that's where we are. Yeah, and I'll touch on that as well. Um, they want to hear because I, I, we've touched a lot on subconscious and in them interviews, I, the two interviews I do on the man-to-man podcast, I give a lot of um, helpful information to them in this resolution so they can apply it, you know, cognitive ability that they can physically start training and apply. And I give a lot of good tips in that. So if they like what we were talking about, they should go on there, give it a listen to, and they might um, find some helpful information. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, check it out, man to man podcast. And, you know, I definitely will too. Uh, I think, you know, for me, uh, I really enjoyed this conversation, got a lot out of, out of it. And I think the message we're trying to put out there between my podcast and the work you guys are doing is very similar. It's normalizing uh, these conversations and not hiding from them. And there's no shame if you've got, you know, if you've got certain uh, fight or flight responses or, you know, uh, if you've got certain behavior patterns that you want to change, there's nothing wrong with that. But the key is being able to, uh, you know, deal with it and actively and and not let it become a huge issue yeah no i exactly. couldn't agree more couldn't agree more and thank you for having us i guess yes yeah definitely thank you we'll come we back we'll come back you know yeah. sometime in the future hopefully <laughs> yeah let's keep the conversation going i again appreciate it thank you guys all right thank you have a nice well that's the end of the episode thank you again for tuning in and uh, showing your support until next week